Hi, I'm Lizzie. And I'm Nat. Welcome to The Third Space, a podcast for youth workers by youth workers to talk about the highs and lows of working with young people in spaces outside of school and home. We're here. We're doing it. We did not do it last week. We definitely (laughs) did not. It was Labor Day. But also the week before that, we intended to be here and did not follow through on that intention. Correct. Um, So we're sorry about that. Um, But we are modeling a little bit of self-care. And communal care. And supporting folks when they need self-care. So thank you for hanging in with us through our unexpected break. But now we're here to talk about onboarding. (sighs) Woo. Because it's the beginning of the year, and a lot of groups are just forming. Um, We know Chicago Public Schools just went back to school this week. I've been in a number of interviews with young folks who have been in school for like three, four weeks already. So that's wild. Um, But that means that it's time to think through how do we bring folks into our spaces and into our groups and set expectations, and all of those things. So in that vein, let's do a thematic check-in because we all know or arrive. We'll get on board. I was going with our theme. Yeah, no, and I'm always here for a thematic check-in, as we all know. Um, So for today's check-in, we are going to reflect and share on our most, our best onboarding moments, our favorite moments, when we get onboarded into new places. Am I starting? Or was that my just asking the question? I'm ready. Great. Um, so when I thought about this question, um, the first thing that came to me was um, my experience of being onboarded as an intern. Um, because I feel like that is when I've had the most experience of being onboarded as being an intern in a new place. And I think coming in with the most anxiety of like, oh my God, I'm so young and I don't know what's going on. And all mm. these real adults are all over the place and blah. Um, and so I thought of two things because I can never think of just one. Um, one was on the first day at a new place, um, having a staff member like take you out to lunch. Um, and that being a part of an onboarding process of like having an opportunity to just like be, um, which actually has always been one of the most nerve wracking parts of an onboarding process. But I also think like makes you feel really like appreciated, um, or at least has made me feel really appreciated. You as the participant or you? Me as as the participant, Mm. like as a person who is being taken out to lunch. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other thing that came to me that I've always appreciated as a part of an onboarding process, which I try to provide to other people when I onboard like new interns and staff and find that they do not enjoy it as much as I do, um, which is the opportunity to go through old files, like read through stuff. Mm. I love getting to like sit down like for somebody to leave me alone at the computer and just let me read like Mm -hmm. read like the way that people talk about things like the kinds of like documentation that exists like what it all says like all of that stuff I think is so interesting and so useful and like helps me ask better questions later on in the process because I just feel like I have a lay of the land Mm -hmm. so I like that 
Also, I just like to snoop. That's probably part of oh why. God. <laughs> oh my God. I I have looked in your medicine cabinet. <laughs> Rude. I mean. Now everyone knows. Yeah. Don't let Lizzie into your private quarters. Because she'll snoop. Or into your organizations because she'll go looking for files. Apparently. With permission in an onboarding process. Right. <laughs> um. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better about mine. I was feeling very self-conscious about it. Um, whatever. I'm going to live my truth. Because um, I'm – no, I'm not going to preface it with anything. My favorite part of any onboarding procedure, which I just realized I didn't even count internships, but whatever. So I'm just thinking of, like, new jobs – Um, or actually like starting a new school year as like a new student or whatever is, uh, reading the employee handbook. Like I'm here for a strong manual. I want to know all of the processes and procedures. I mostly, I want to make sure that because I follow directions so well that I'm, that I am following them correctly because, um, and I think similarly to your, desire for files right like you know what the lay of the land is you know it sets your expectations like and it allows me to be like all right so here it is in black and white like and and also gives me a launch pad for questions like well what does this actually mean in regards to my role here my program or what have you um but I'm also like the person who reads the instruction manual when you buy a new blender like I don't know why (laughs) I just like really like instructions um so that is that is fine all right so rumor has it that rumor has it a tale to tell (laughs) I've been really wanting to sing that song um, I do have a tale to tell about onboarding. So when, um, when you, when it was my turn to have to tell the story and I was thinking about it, the place I went, because it's the place I think where I have the most like formalized thought through or onboarding strategy, um, is our youth leadership program, um, and the concept of onboarding for that program. So when we first started, um, I started that program about four or five years ago. This is my fifth school year. Um, so Congratulations. Oh, thanks. It's a milestone. It is a milestone. Um, a minute ago. So when I started it a minute ago, uh, it was a brand new program. It had never existed before. I truly did not know 100% what it was going to look like um, because we'd never done it. I didn't know what young people's interests were going to be, things like that. Um, and... And quite honestly, I was like any young people, I will take any and all young people who are interested in doing this thing. I like didn't know, you know, I was like worried about having enough people to run the program. Um, and so at the beginning, I had people apply as like a way to get to, to join the program. And what originally when I was working with my supervisor at the time, I was like, well, I need to schedule interviews. And her response was like, well, what, like, why do you need to schedule interviews? You're literally going to take all of them and you know that you are. So like, why are you scheduling interviews? Um, it was. (laughs) And I was like, well, I feel like I need to like meet them. 
Um, and it, it was, this was not like a fully formed thought. I was just like, well, I feel like I need to have interviews. Like Mm. I just felt like I needed to do it. And so I scheduled these interviews and which were like fairly lengthy. I mean, they were like 30 to 45 minutes. They were like pretty long for like a youth interview. And what I realized, I think over time, especially as like, I've kind of refined that process from that first year was that that interview process is really about onboarding. Like it's really about getting Mm. young people oriented to what my communication style is, to what my expectations Mm. are, um, particularly expectations around um, communication and showing up. Like that a big part to me of onboarding is this idea of like onboarding you to like how we communicate, onboarding to like what you do if you like – are late or are going to miss something Mm. or like can't be there. Like those kinds of processes and procedures are a really big part of like youth programming. And so I think to me, like the interview is also about like setting up some norms, like being able to talk through the expectations. And while like for our youth leadership program now, we may have some documentation, right? Like I may have something more akin to, an employee handbook, although it's certainly not that serious. You have files you can share. I have files I can share. You can click, they they can click through them or whatever. But I think especially in that very early stage of that program, like we really didn't have a lot of that documentation. And so instead of, and now in addition to the documentation, a lot of what we provide as a part of that onboarding is that interview process. Mm. Um, And granted, I've never gotten to the place where I have to be highly competitive with young people. Um, There are young people that I don't, my interviews now are still a bit of onboarding, although like we open the possibility that a young person may not be a good fit for the program, like in a way that I definitely didn't do when I was like truly desperate for Mm -hmm. participants. Um, But I think they nonetheless like still kind of set up um, young people to to enter the program all at the same level um, or with the same information. And so when I think about onboarding, part of what I think about is when does onboarding actually begin? And right. so I'm curious to hear from you about when you feel like kind of on, when is the beginning of onboarding and what, what even, what is that process and what are we onboarding people to? Yeah. Um, Well, I think to your point, I agree. When I think of onboarding or if asked to define onboarding, I typically do broaden it. I think some people would say like, oh, well, it's just like the orientation period. It's like you're literally starting. Um, But I think especially since we have also adopted using applications for our youth programs or our youth leadership events um that definitely become even like the application itself is part of onboarding the interview is part of that to your point as well whether or not you're accepting everyone or not um i know so for the camp that we run last year was the first year that we introduced an application process, which I think I'm pretty sure we have talked about in this space before. Um, But it was pretty remarkable. The not, I'm not going to say difference because I think there were still a lot of like returners, a lot of people who had come to camp before who, who returned, 
But um, I mean, our youth leaders at camp last year said like they were they were ready at a different level, right? They knew what to expect. And I think part of that was also our being really intentional about the the application preface even. Like, let us spell out for you what it is that you are even signing up for, right? And then, and making that clear then, um, last year as part of the camp application process, we also did like, phone screenings. And I say like screenings and quotation marks because it was less so like, are you a good fit for camp? And more so like, oh, you're a new camper. Let me paint this picture even more clear. Let me talk through what it means to share a room with like 25 to 30 other people um, and all of that. And I am embarrassed to admit that (laughs) Despite that success last year, it wasn't until this year that I was like, oh, yep, no, we need to adopt this for our youth leadership program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and, and, and with, with, with similar results, right? If folks know, well, the expectation, this is when we meet. This is what, you know, our hopeful, our, our anticipated, uh, how, or the level at which we would like you to attend, right? Um, this is our expectation of you, like, in that space or throughout the school year um, and things like that. These are the skills you're, at a, as a baseline, you're going to need to have in terms of, like, time management and, you know. Communication. Right. Like, do you have internet access? Because if you don't, like attending remote, like doing a video conference <laughs> via the internet is going to be difficult for right. you. Well, and I think as a part of that, like, I think that comment about internet access reminds me, I think one of the challenges, which we had a collective challenge around this over the summer, but I think one of the things that I've been really thoughtful and intentional about around onboarding is not just the idea of like, I don't want to say like the the like soft skills, but like, I think the things that are a little bit more like, this is our like norms, things that are a little bit less about group norms and more about just like concrete skills has been like orienting young people around the specific technology that we use in our programs and onboarding young people into that. So like, for example, in our youth leadership program, we use GroupMe, we use Google Docs, like Google Drive, Right. right? Things like that. Um, in our larger program, we use Remind, um, which is mm-hmm. like a texting app that allows you to like send text messages to many young people at one time. Um, and like all of those tools. And I think like I used to just assume, which I is funny now mm-hmm. that I say this because, <laughs> because as a relatively young professional, people make this assumption about me all the time that I was like, oh, well, like they're young, they'll figure it out. <laughs> False, in fact. <laughs> Um, which again is the same way when like older staff in my own agency are like, well, you're young. So like, you know how to use the technology. And I'm like, Ooh, I really don't like, I'm just like that, you know, the assumptions that we make, but I think, um, like also onboarding people, not only to like the tangible, like both the, the tangible how to's of using those tools. And I think like what to me was one step extra we added this year was like the norms of how to use those tools. So like, not just the norms of like when we're all together in a group space, but also like, okay, so if we have this digital messaging space, what are the kinds of messages that it's okay to post? And what are the kinds of messages that it's not okay to post? Mm-hmm. What are things that like this group chat is for and what is it not for? And just being like really explicit and clear, which just like 
prevents so much conflict down the line. Right. Um, yeah, it's really much more about, well, when I always think about like, you want to be proactive versus reactive. When I think of strong onboarding practices, uh, I think like it is being proactive. It is setting people up for success as much as possible. I mean, as much as one can possibly do before all of the complicated, the many complications of life get (laughs) like enter and muck things up. Um, Wait, there was something you were talking about that, oh, I think, I don't think you've named it explicitly now, but I have definitely heard you speak in the past. Well, I guess you kind of touched on it, that you also use the interviews as part of like how to show up, like how do you literally get to the space, which it occurred to Mm. me today as I was, so again, like this is the first year that we have incorporated applications and similar quote unquote interviews into our leadership, our youth leadership program. Um, and I am about to embark on unknown waters, um, uncharted territory in that this, we are going, I am, I am about to start a youth leadership programming year with a fully remote group, um, which is just not a way that we've ever operated before, but our regional diversity is such that we don't have any like large groups in any one particular place. Podcast episodes. What do you, Oh, to talk about remote. Oh, true. True. Um, but part of that, I realized when I was doing these interviews and I was giving them the overview of like, well, this is the purpose of the meeting. It was to test the test. Let, let's make sure you can actually show up. Right. This is going to be the primary tool through which you use to attend our meetings. Let's make sure that you can get it set up totally. and working before our first orientation session, right? Because otherwise we'll lose half the orientation session, troubleshooting totally. everyone's respective technology problems. Totally. Well, and I think like to that point about the sort of proactive piece, I think that sometimes where we then run into trouble is when we have returners to our space, right? For whom the new processes and Mm. procedures to onboard the new people are then different or in conflict with what people have learned in the past. Mm. Or I think primarily what we've talked about is like, particularly in youth leadership programs that have a program year that have a beginning and an end to a program year. Whereas like thinking about things like drop-in spaces or like ongoing groups or residential, Residential, right. Or any of those spaces where there isn't necessarily a clear stop and start for everyone. Um, and actually, as I'm even saying this out loud, what I'm realizing is I've shifted almost all of my programming away from a drop-in space for this reason, because I think having Mm. a clear stop and start, having a clear onboard and like exit Mm -hmm. timeframe, even like for our weekly groups is like session by session. So again, people don't go through like a whole re-intake process every time, but it allows the group to sort of like, like there's a circle motion happening, but just like rearrange itself a little bit and like re onboard to new group norms. But I'm curious, you know, thinking about your experience or if you have any thoughts about like, what does onboarding look like in a space where we have returner, like where there isn't necessarily that like start stop. 
Well, and that's that's just it. I think similar to you, which is why I've started building out those more explicit structures, because historically that like membership in our leadership program was very much just kind of on a rolling basis. Like maybe someone attended one of our youth leadership events and then it was like, oh, this is dope. I'm going to show up to the next meeting. Mm. And then they were there. But it's not – you can't just, like, drop an orientation session each time someone new shows up, um, which actually it would be – it's it's interesting to think through the possibilities of, like, recording an orientation session or creating a webinar um, that mm. could allow for a rolling process. But we're not – that like, this is a pilot. This is a pilot year. I'm going to get through a pilot year before I start, like, adding pieces onto it. But um, – I mean, when, when I was at my last agency and we, which was a residential program, um, yeah, very like clear system. There was the checklist. It was, you came in, you had your one-on-one inner, you had an interview with our program director. Um, if, if a case manager was able to also be present in there just to kind of like orient yourself to the program, there was always a site visit, right? So you would go over maybe with your worker to meet any of the other folks who lived in the program, talk to them. If it was a day where additional programming was happening, like life skills or community meeting, they would like participate in that or be like an observer, um, But then like once and and once someone like selected the placement, then it was like another checklist and you're having like Mm. one on one meetings again with the program director with the like, let's review the house guidelines. Let's make sure that you want allowing opportunities for like questions engage in this material. Right. Um, and, and several, right, like meetings, because there's so much information that then the case manager needs to kind of collect in that process right. that we're like, all right, let's actually break this up into like three meetings. Right. One of those can be lunch. <laughs> like one of the, you know, like, right. let's go grab some McDonald's. Let's. Um, yeah. Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I think like for us in our more clinical programs, mm. like, I mean, they're still subclinical, but more clinically minded programs we use an intake process right which is basically what you're describing right right. and it's interesting that you use the phrase checklist because i was realizing as you were talking that much of our intake also involves a checklist um which i think actually is really important to sort of think through is that when we're thinking about onboarding processes like how much a checklist can be really valuable as a tool Um, and actually like organizational conversations are happening now for us around like onboarding new staff, onboarding new interns and a checklist is a big part of those conversations too. And so like in our, in our youth intake meetings, like our membership meetings, we have part of our checklist is the paperwork that we have to fill out, which is like Mm -hmm. the intake form. So part of that's info form. So like emergency contact allergies, like basic demographic info, um, things like that if there are any other people they want us to be able to talk to and having releases signed, that Mm. was a big, that was an add on to our onboarding process within the last few months and has made a really tremendous difference Uh, uh. of being able to collect releases for people's individual therapists before we really need them. Um, Speaking to that proactive piece. Thanks. It was really clutch. Yeah. (laughs) It was a really great idea. I actually think one of my coworkers came up with that, but I think just like so helpful Um, so I think there's that piece, I think, um, you know, and then there's like our more 
comprehensive intake about young people, but then there is also a checklist of like things to go over, which includes things like cell phone numbers and the guidelines about using staff cell phone numbers, the social media boundaries, mandated reporter policies, Mm -hmm. like those kinds of pieces, like about other kinds of like going through all the different kinds of programming opportunities to make sure that you talk about them all with young people. So you don't like accidentally not offer them an opportunity, right. which is also part of our like policy towards equity, right? Like wanting to make sure that all young people are given all the opportunities. Um, and then also going over like, basically like our, what we call our fundamental assumptions. So like, I always say it's the statements that we believe to be true about sexual and gender identities, which are things like identities are unique to each individual. Like mm. we get to decide the words we use to talk about our identities that like identities can change over time. Like all of those pieces that we just want everyone to start off on the same page with. And then our group agreements too. So I think like having that checklist is really helpful. Like for me as the staff, like sitting with a young person because I forget to talk about stuff. Right. Right. And having a literal piece of paper that's like, these are all the things can be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm inspired, actually, and as I'm thinking about it, I'm really inspired. One of my colleagues, um, one of the dresses, um, came up with, for our intern onboarding process, a, like, self-guided checklist that an intern could take to supervision and say, like, and they could go through it together and be like, which of these things have you done and which of them have you not done? Yeah. And I'm inspired to take that concept as a part of this conversation to our own youth leaders and say, like, here are the things I expect you to know how to do with this. Like, we've met, like, three times. Here are the things I expect you to know how to do. If there's anything on this checklist that you do not feel confident knowing how to do, we need to talk because, like, you need to know that. And like, and, and to take, to make it not personal, right. It's not like, why don't you know how to do this? It's like, these are all the things I'm hoping that everyone's picked up, but if I haven't taught you right. or you're still feeling confused, right. like I want to kind of provide a platform for self-advocacy. Well, and to take it a step further, right. Again, thinking of some of the struggles that we came up against in planning for camp is what would it look like to have that individual checklist, but then links to like recordings or webinars or looms of like, uh, you know, like I want you to know how to take a Google doc and share it to a, save it to a shared folder where everyone has access to it. If you don't know how to do that, like click this link and you get like a two minute tutorial on how to do that. Right. And if you have, and what questions do you have? like after watching this, like, do you have any questions? Because then like that is going to focus goggle that and like allow them to then come to you with much more targeted questions. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think like the other piece of onboarding that we haven't spent as much time talking about is I think like the relationship building piece of onboarding, Mm -hmm. which is just about like helping people feel comfortable in a space. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I will admit my truth that that is one of the pieces that I am most nervous about having a fully remote group. Cause before the applications came in, I was like, all right, cool. Like we'll do a longer orientation session on Saturday, which is also different than what I like. Historically, we would just do all of orientation in one of our two hour Friday night meetings, Um, and I was like, no, we'll make it a little longer. 
we'll have some explicit team building built into it, right? Like together jointly. Um, and we, sorry, I had to throw something at the cat cause he was attacking the furniture. Um, it's fine. They can know. Um, but yeah, then the, then the application started coming in and I was like, Oh shoot. Like it is going to actually be quite a to do to try and bring all of these people together for a longer Saturday session. I don't know if I've got like the time or resources to do that yet. Um, I guess we're just going to break this up into two Friday night sessions, but like, how do you build team cohesion across like the entire Northern quarter of a state? (laughs) Right. Well, and I think like, you know, challenges of that, that specific situation, like I think challenges aside, (laughs) I think like one of, as you will hear so much more about, are my fab program coordinator, Gus, um, coming, they're just a star, coming up with um, a great idea at our meeting this week to also involve our youth leaders in trying to work towards that relationship component as well Mm -hmm. and to onboard new members by having them identify at their like, so we have like the leaders of the youth leaders, which are our exec team, um, and having our exec team identify new participants that they want to connect with across each meeting. And so like you identify like setting good goal setting, right. Around like building those relationships and connecting with young people. And actually that's something when I've had new groups of young people myself, like even we're starting a new, um, I'm working on a new youth program this year. That's with, um, sixth graders and I don't know any of them. They're totally new to me. It's totally out of my like zone Right. and setting goals for myself around connecting. Like even if it's just like learn four people's names right. before you leave, learn four people's names. Yeah. Right. And like even that stuff that can feel kind of small, like, right. We recognize how important it is for young people to feel like their adults know their names. Yeah. And so like trying to learn new names like trying to set goals quickly, like right, quickly and right. trying to set goals around like learning new names. Um, you know, like learn one thing about this person, like right. whatever, and just like seeing those as parts of onboarding, even for ourselves and thinking about what is our own onboarding process? What do we need? What do we need to be like onboarded into a new group space? Right. And to me, it's learning names. That's right. like the biggest thing for me is making sure I know everybody's name and that I've had like a positive interaction with every participant within the first like few weeks of meeting or first like few sessions of group. Right. Right. Dang, there was something else here when you were talking. I was going to – oh, we had also kind of, like, explored the idea of, like, a buddy system almost, right? So, like, as you bring on new members, mm. an already existing member kind of do, serving that that purpose of, right. like, connecting. I'm here – I'm your point person. Like, if you've got any questions or, or what have you um, – but as you were talking, I realized that then, like, numbers are mismatched, right? Like, so then, like, does one person get extra buddies or, you know, like, so, right. you know. Right. But I think, like, a good way to think about, too, like, not only are we onboarding as the adults in a space, but also how do young people support onboarding each other and wanting to hold that as, right. a, as a value as well. Okay. Um Thanks so much for talking about onboarding with me. Thank you, Lizzie. Um, so we're going to go ahead and close out with a check out. 
No, um, actually, there's multiple layers. <laughs> it's like literally an onboarding thank you because I think I've pretty much stolen most of my onboarding practices from you um, and your partner. <laughs> a very wise person named Nat Duran once told me that a good teacher is a good thief. I took that from someone in teacher school. See? <laughs> um, and with that, we're going to go ahead and check out. Um, with a question or a thought that you're taking away from our conversation today. So what you got? I am really excited at the prospect of creating an interactive self-guided orientation checklist. Oops. I took Lizzie's answer. Rude. (laughs) No, especially since to, huh? It's really Jess's idea. I mean, whoever's idea it was, but also like shout out to Laura for introducing us to Loom and the various like how quickly it is to record. um, Loom is an incredible tool that allows you. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Are they paying? (laughs) No, but it's an incredible tool that allows you to like record little mini videos like on your own computer of like how to do things so people can see your screen while you're we just talked about a couple times and I don't know that we told people what it was so you people can see like what you're clicking on and whatever with like a little circle bubble of your head in the corner so they see your face and your computer like explaining how to do it so if you're showing someone how to do a tech thing it's really cool it's also free yes as a plug-in you do have to download it right um, but yeah, we pretty successfully recorded our camp, um, some of our camp training webinars with that tool. And I, yeah, I'm excited at the, at the prospect of creating that for our youth leaders. Awesome. How about you? Now that I now that you stole my took your response, a good teacher is a good thief. Um. Well, I think twofold. One is I'm curious, maybe not using technology, but I think in my own groups of thinking about maybe a lower tech way of doing that, like a checklist that young people look through about like what the skills are that I'm expecting them to have by our second, um, second like quote unquote, regular meeting, um, our third meeting of the year. And like, what are the things that I am expecting them to know how to do? Um, which I think also just like being clear about my expectations of them, Mm. um, and how that's valuable for me, but also for them, um, like for them to know, like, this is what I'm expecting of you. Like, this is what self and like, I think training them towards this is what self advocacy looks like mm. um, in a professional setting. Cause a lot of that, right. that program in particular is about young people learning some of those skills of like responsibility and sharing when they can't be there and things like that. Um, I also feel like the other thing that I'm taking away from this conversation um, is just the question of like, what do I need to be onboarded into a space? Like what makes me feel like I have my head wrapped around what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, especially walking into a new group space with new young people and a totally new program. Right. Um, just like, I think what, what are the pieces that, help me to feel like okay like I know what's going on like and I don't need to know all the outcomes but just like I know where we're headed I like I feel grounded in the space so um I think really thinking about that question um 
for myself because it's been a minute since I've been in a totally new youth program. Yeah. All right. That's it for this episode of The Third Space. We hope you'll be back next time for our episode on group dynamics during the early stages of formation. We'd love to have listener questions and ideas on future episodes. Really, we would. Really, 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 really. Please do this. Please. So send us your brilliance in a voice memo. You can do that emailed to info at airandwaterwork.com. Thanks, youth workers. We see you. We appreciate you. Y'all rock.